Hey everybody, welcome to the Punk Till I Die podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Tom. Somewhere out there is Neil. Say hello, Neil. Tom, that might have been the most professional introduction that you've ever done in the history oh, of this dang. podcast. Well, it's episode 86, right? We're supposed to 86 ourselves. This is it. This is yeah. the breakup episode. Oh, Actually, we... this is kind of going to be the breakup episode because I, I we're going to we're going to talk about bands breaking up. Oh, okay, good. I didn't know where you were going with that for a second. <laughs> no, we got to get to at least 100 before we break up like, uh, you know, we haven't reached, you know, our, our apex yet. I don't think. Well, I'll tell you what. If we ever, if we ever do, or if one of us ever goes on vacation and we need to have a fill-in host, I'll tell you what. From '85, Ed Shred. Um, yeah, he was great. The way that went, I shit, I'd have him back any time. It was not only was the quality great. I mean, you wouldn't be able to tell he was in England, right? It sounded like he no. was next door. It was. Problem great. is, you can't have two. You can't have two English guys, Neil. <laughs> I mean, he'd be great to replace you. <laughs> well, he's a lot more English than I am, but he's a lot more. He's a lot happier than I am, apparently. He is so. true. You can tell he's got some contentment. He's not carrying around all that thirty and forty and fifty year old anger with him. Yeah, but you need, uh, you need that in a punk rocker, don't you? You can't have a happy, I guess. <laughs> happy punk. Rocker. I don't know. He's a punk rocker. We just talk about punk. Rock. Yeah, true like, you should be yeah. the angry one. Yeah. So, you know, of course, man, these are these are good days for punk rockers, right? We got like insurrections and fake insurrections and weird stuff going on with the government. We got a Congress that's been useless for twenty years, but but when they want to impeach somebody who's going to be out of power in seven days, they can get it done in one day. It's crazy times, man. Crazy well, and the times. funny funny thing is, so and the, and the takes on Mitch McConnell are making my head spin. Like one minute the Democrats hate him. No, they the, love him. The next yeah. minute, they they love him. It's like, oh my god, he's the best thing ever. And it's like, I can't, whatever, you know. Well, it's just it's 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 a cult, man. Political parties are cults. Don't join one. This is insanity. What's going on? If you agree uh, with us, you're the best thing. If you don't agree much. with us, you're a Nazi. And this weird <laughs> thing now, where like we're gonna go after everyone who supported the president. I mean. I mean, that seems like a really good idea, right? Until you're on the other side of it. Come on, people, pull your heads out of your asses here. This is, this is ridiculous. Hey, this is, as an aside. All this stuff is the first time in history. It's always been vindictive and full of bile, and now all of a sudden it's like, I don't know. It's crazy, man. If you want a fun look, if you want, if you want, if you want a, a bit of a giggle, um, if you have Instagram, go onto Instagram and follow Dwayne Peters. <laughs> yeah. he's, oh, he's like right like guy right he's a huge not only that i mean he's a huge trumper so every post he is post about it's a picture of like trump dressed as rambo or a picture of trump dressed as jesus or something and the, like the comments people are getting so worked up and so so angry that i'm always thinking i'm almost thinking it might be a work and he might just be completely working the, the crowd kind of wrestling style well, and he doesn't funny. really think this i have no idea <laughs> it's funny it's though. funny because there was there was a couple of musicians, not like prominent punk musicians, but there was a couple of musicians among the crowd that went into the Capitol. One of them is the guitar player, kind of the only important member or the only original member maybe of this metal band called Iced Earth. That was kind of like this Iron Maiden-like uh, metal band. And there was this other guy that I know John Gentili loves named Ariel Pink. Who oh, I don't, yeah, I've heard. I remember him talking about him. I don't really know who he is or what kind of music he plays. I mean, John likes him. He can't be very punk, right? <laughs> Um, but he, uh, but but he was among that crowd, and it's and it's it's and it's like it's this weird this weird like the cancel culture thing is at full peak is at like peak saliva right now right or like peak salivation like the everybody's got their teeth gritted I don't know it's crazy man well, it's like even if you happen to be in D C over that weekend somehow you've been pulled into 
being part of the insurrection, you know, whereas probably very few people actually went inside the Capitol building and, itself, and right? The insurrection was definitely more of a thud, more of a dud than anything else. And, of course, we've all seen the footage of the police just moving out of the way and moving ropes and letting people in. It's it's a bizarre I, – I just I just don't even know what's going on. It's, it's, it's a bizarre, bizarre thing. I mean, the fact of the matter is the vast majority of the people who went into the Capitol are the same people who say – I bet you these words have come out of their mouth – when the looting starts, the shooting starts. Yeah, yeah, So most exactly. of them are lucky to get shot. I mean, the fact of the matter is, but but once again, it's that weird insincerity. It's like, well, if you're left-wing, you don't think these right-wing people should have any right to protest. And if you're right-wing, you don't think the Black Lives Matter people should have any right to protest. Everybody's got a right to protest. Nobody's got a right to burn down neighborhoods, smash crap, attack people, you know? Exactly. It's... it's, it's it's, I don't know. Man. Words, I, I get, words of so, wisdom, Tom. Words of wisdom from yeah, the Punk to Lie Die podcast. I just, you know, whatever. What I thought was I funny can't. was, what I thought was funny was, even the most brainless soccer hooligan has the good sense to wear a mask and a hood when he does his shit because he doesn't want to, he knows he's going to be on camera and he doesn't want to be convicted and arrested. It was all these yeah. idiots. I just out like in fancy outfits and shit and they, they're completely obvious who they are, you know? It's, it's, <laughs> And you have to wear a mask to go to Target, but you're not going to wear your mask to... <laughs> yeah, to, to, to break into the Capitol and break shit and steal the lectern from the, uh, from I'm the like speaker. A, I'm, I'm like, like, trying to buy, you know, paintings from the walls of the <laughs> Yeah, the right. Building. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That, anyway, was just, that was enough, just a weird, enough, weird day. Enough politics, man. Enough politics for today. Um. We got a we, we so we haven't got much mail lately. We've had a lot of good interactions with the with a bunch of you on on Facebook Messenger and all that stuff, but we haven't got a lot of mail. We did get one letter recently, like we just got it before we started. You want to read that letter, Neil? It's from our uh, sure. our uh, regular listener named Brian, and then we'll play a song and we'll talk about uh, a topic that's been on my mind. Sure. Um, so not, not, not the exchange of power in the in the capital. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so he says, he says, hey, Tom and Neil, just finished listening to episode 83. Um, that was the, that was our end of 2020 episode, I believe, right? Yeah. And he said, I figured I'd send in my top five yeah. punk albums of 2020, or at least the top five I posted on Punk News. In the past two weeks, I've already discovered more great stuff that came out last year that I missed. He loves the private function and the Reaganomics raging Nathan split is fantastic. It's still, it's still function i gotta check that out and he says the putz is pretty good too so yeah i mean i'm doing the same thing brian i'm discovering stuff over the last few weeks that came out in 2020 that i kind of wish now i'd put on my list but you know what can you do so that um, happens every, every yeah. year at the beginning of the year i end up reviewing a couple of albums yeah. that came out the year before that i just missed you know right yeah and it happens i mean there's just so much yeah. music out there right so anyway his yep. top his top five is interesting because it doesn't really have much of our stuff on there um Number one for him was a band called Giant Eagles, who I've never even heard of. But I've not listened to it yet. Yeah. So the album is called Second Landing. And he says, great pop punk band from Europe. Their lyrics are very similar to the Lillingtons, who sung, sing songs about assassins falling in love, going into space, and battling an evil robot nation. So, okay, look out for that one. I don't know whereabouts in Europe they're from. Do you know? Nah, Europe's not that big. Somewhere in the middle. <laughs> Germany or France, they're kind of different. Yeah. Um, yeah. Number two, he has Bob Mould, Blue Hearts, which I've heard a lot of people talk 
took that no, album I did, off. I did listen to that, and I did enjoy it, and I, I've never really listened to Bob Mould's soul stuff for whatever reason, but I did enjoy that. I think I will probably look into that further. Okay. He says, angry Bob Mould is back, Pro possibly his best album since he was in Sugar. Um, <clears throat> number three, he has the Queers, Save the World, which we all have on that, all right? Um, he says, Shirley Needs a Dildo might be the catchiest song of 2020, <laughs> which I agree with. That was the that was the first song in that album that I really took to as well, so even though I'd have changed the name at the front. Um, <laughs> number four, he has Mikey Erg, uh, Bon Voyage. Only a four-song EP, but it's the best thing he's done in over ten years. Three great pop-punk songs and a rare Beatles cover that I don't want to skip. Now, Tom, tell me, Mikey Erg, I'm not familiar, so explain to me who that is and why I should know him. You know, for a while, the punk news crew was really, like, pushing for him to get the Against Me drumming job. He's a drummer, but he's a real talented guy. Played with the Ergs, was his band. I don't know if... I can't remember what else, what other bands he was in, but he's he's just... I think he's, like, one of those likable kind of guys that just is all over the place and plays with everybody. So he's a drummer, though? But I... He's a drummer, but he also, you know, he's, he sings, plays guitar and all that stuff. Too. Oh, he does, okay. But he's best known as a drummer, I would say. All right. So num- the, his, his fifth choice is interesting. It's a, um, it's a compilation album, which is weird. Um, celebrating 20 years of Stardom Records. 28 Stardom bands covering other Stardom bands. He says it's the best comp- punk compilation he's heard in a long time. Um, Stardom, isn't that, is, is that that label out of, like, Holland or something? It's Europe, right? Yeah, it's out yeah, of Holland, yeah, I think, yeah. European label. Yeah. And that's actually a coincidence, because I'm going to actually play a, a song today that's uh, that's on Stardom, so that's kind of interesting. Um, And he says, also, since you asked, I enjoy both the Interview Winter episodes and the ones just between the two of us. So he's kind of unusual, because most people prefer one or the other, right? Um, but he says, but I always make sure you to listen to the episodes with just the two of you right away, but don't mind if I fall behind on the interview ones. He's got a backlog of about 10 he needs to catch up on. <laughs> and he says, I'll start with the John Bates one since it apparently has the most profanity. And it does. Yes, it it does. does have the most profanity. <laughs> yes, it does. One thing we can rely on John for is a, a good yeah. uh, amount of profanity. He's John's a real character. That is not an act either. That is John. I mean, getting to know him a little bit more outside of the context of the show. He's a, He's... What you see is what you get. It certainly is, and we actually bonded um, this week over. We both love the movies Grease and The Wanderers, so we both bonded over oh. that. Um, oh. Then he says, "Hope the new year is treating you both well." So far in 2021, I've bought that Raging Nathan's split with the Reaganomics and Starter Jackets. Uh, I haven't really heard them. Um, an old Travolta, Travolta's album called Teen Beat and a Corey Brannan EP. I'm not familiar with really any of that stuff. Hmm. You heard of Starter Jacket? I, I ordered that. I ordered that Starter Jacket Raging Eight the split. I haven't gotten it yet. Okay. And the, Travol- so the really Travoltas there. talking about Greece. Hmm. I've heard of them. They're they they get shared on those pop punk groups that I'm part of. Yeah, but that, and they might be on Stardom actually. I have a feeling they might be. Okay. Um, looking forward to hearing more episodes about the records you've bought. Now the post office is keeping them away from you. <laughs> <laughs> I get a lot of comments about Neil's obsession with the post office. Yeah, who's the one though that's still waiting for like things from like three months ago? It's you, my friend. Yeah, um, I'm waiting on three. I am. I'm waiting on three packages. Yeah. But it was like ten, so I'm. Actually, <laughs> I haven't ordered anything from Discogs either because I just 
I, I just need to get some of this stuff before I order more stuff. That definitely makes sense. He also says we need another offensive song episode, and Todd Sheet is due for a comeback as well. So there we go. A shout hmm. out for Todd Sheet to do have another. Sid is working on some new material. We'd love to have Todd back on. Yeah, Todd's great. Yep, yep. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna drive over to Pittsburgh and have him tattoo us. Yeah, very generous Neil's with his first, time. First, his first face tattoo is gonna be by Todd. <laughs> first face tattoo. Yeah, I don't think I'll be doing that. But when I retire, maybe I'll get a hand tattoo. How's that? It'll be a um, SoundCloud rapper. <laughs> Sound, whatever that means. I don't even know what that really means. I don't know if they all have face tattoos. It's very bold. Yeah. You either make it as a SoundCloud rapper, or you had to work behind the counter at the Little Caesars in the bad part of town for the rest with, of your with life. With a fucking mask on, and people say, "Do you have COVID?" You'd be like, "No, I just have to wear this mask to cover up my shit face yeah, tattoos." Them. Get them up on their, they get them up on their forehead and stuff. You can't even cover with the with the mask or a beard or something. They will have to wear like a full hat, a full like a helmet, like a <laughs> like a medieval knight helmet. Um, anyway, thanks, Brian. Good email. Thank you very much. You know what? I want to. I do want to read this one from Josh because Josh writes this a lot, and okay. and Josh was the guy who's kind of. Uh, we kind of were bouncing things off each other about he was kind of either trying to get a record collection going or kind of asked us about what 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 he should get. And we actually did like better part of a show, Neil, where we went over like our top ten. Like I picked the top ten American punk records That's you right, should we buy. Did. Yep, yep, we did in English. So I'm, I'll, I'll I won't read the whole letter here, but it says, "Hey guys, great shows over the holiday week uh, weeks. Just got done with the Ricky 2020 top ten. I will also throw myself in the bought the Ricky book after the catch up." last year yeah ricky so there owes you go. us money man from some of this exactly. stuff. We've, we've sold at least three books for the guy tens of tens of dollars he owes us <laughs> yeah, tens of cents <laughs> and then he he, he kind of goes in there, he says two concepts for discussions for end of the year list do you ever consider a remaster re-release for this list and i don't for my actual top 10 but i always i wouldn't mind doing a separate list of that there's always some good reissues um anyway um I'm, I'm actually gonna skip ahead because he gave us his top 10 and uh, I appreciate all you do. Looking forward to where you're all moving in 2021. Happy New Year. So thanks, Josh. But here's Josh's top 10s. Top 10. Shares quite a few of this. Uh, 10, Kill Lincoln, Can't Complain. That was that ska band. I haven't checked out, probably won't. 9, Fuller's Cheer. Cheers. 8, Chubbing the Gang, Speed Kills. I know you like that record. I did not listen to it. Yeah, it was good. Very much. I mean, I, I checked it out if you mentioned it, but I just didn't. It would seem pretty decent. The cover is terrible, but yeah, it's good. Days album. and days, you and your covers. Days and days, show me the blueprints, which is uh, like a folk punk thing that I can't get into. Uh, but it, but it, people loved it. it. Showed up on a ton of lists. Uh, six house ghosts, self-titled. Five screeching weasel, some freaks of atavism. Four X alphabet land. Three raging Nathan's oppositional defiance. Two the drowns under tension, and one suicide machines revolution spring. Quite a few. He and I definitely had quite a few on our list, same list, and we had he had quite a few uh, as we did as collectively, Neil. So yeah, so he's got Thanks. kind of a ska punk thing going. He has like Suicide Machines and Kill Lincoln, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> nice to listen to Iowa, Josh. All right, so you said you were talking, you were thinking about playing a Stardom song. Why don't you do that, Neil? All right, so this is actually one that it's funny. So when I'm listening to music when I'm running or something like that, so if I'm listening to an album, the album will end. And then, like, Apple Music tends to do this thing now where it tries to play you things that it thinks are similar to what you just played. And, you know, it's 50-50 of whether I absolutely hate it or whether I love it. And it started playing me this album by a guy called Jeff Palmer. Palmer? Palmer. Oh, he did. Yeah, yeah. He was in the Queers, I guess, for a while, and then he was in the Nobodies. We had a bunch of different bands. Jeff Palmer. Jeff Um, He has an album called, um, shit, what's the album called? 
Yeah, I'll find that in a minute. Um, but anyway, it started playing these songs, and I absolutely loved it. It's like a punky power pop. It's like a more power poppy probably than, than punk rock, but definitely fast with an edge. And uh, I absolutely loved it. Very, very, very good songs. And uh, so I've been really into that. I've been playing it incessantly, actually. And so I am going to play a song called All the Hits. And then I want to talk about that afterwards. So uh, this is Jeff Palmer with All the Hits. Jeff Palmer. Um, we so, must run in some of the same circles as him, Neil, because he keeps, he's one of those guys that always pops up as like, you may know this person, like for friends on Facebook. Oh, is that right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, oh, well, let, me, let me tell you what his album is called a second because it's really good. And let me make sure it's even on stardom because maybe I'm completely out of my mind with that one. Do, 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 do. So the album is called Pulling Out All the Stops, and I'm okay. almost 100% sure that it's on stardom. Um, so, yeah, so that, that song obviously was about, um, going to see a band, a band that's reformed, perhaps an old band that's reformed or a band that, you know, hasn't done anything for a while and they tour and all they do is play their shitty new album. So Tom, I wanted to get your opinion on that. So when you see a band and they've released, you know, they might've just released the first album in 10 years or something and it's kind of shit. I mean, do you think they should be mixing in the old stuff, or do you enjoy just listening to the to the new boring direction they've gone in? What's I think if that? you're a band that 
regularly puts out albums, you can have a few songs from your new album in the set. But if you're one of those geezer bands, I mean, if you're if you're Bachman, if I'm going to see Bachman Turner Overdrive, I want to hear Taking Care of Business. I want to hear You Ain't Seen Nothing Yet. I want to hear all that. I don't want to hear your new freaking album. You know, um, I think you can get away with a couple, but I think. You know, I, I get that it, it's a it's a complicated thing a little bit because artists want to be artists. You know, oh, I always want to move on to our next thing. But if I'm paying two hundred dollars to hear Neil Young, he can play Heart of Gold, right? Right, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead of just being a pretentious dick and essentially screwing his fans over. Well, yeah, because so I I, I think there's a balance there. I don't I don't I think you I think new artists need to be able to make new music and incorporate new music in. But I do think if you're not taking your longtime fans into consideration you're being a jerk and that means playing the what they want to hear and maybe even throwing in a couple of obscurities that really would appeal to the super fans and, and a couple of new songs is fine you know who was great at that the buzzcocks were great at that because they right. would always keep they would keep the classics in their set yep. they would keep they would they would always play boredom they would do i don't mind they had a, love dozen, more. a dozen songs that they always played yep exactly but then they'd rotate in maybe you know because they were still releasing new albums so they'd they'd put in like maybe three songs from the newest album and then a couple of songs from One like the other, the other you know the last five yeah. albums that they put out that nobody really bought except yeah. me <laughs> um but the, you know they would have a really varied set and they would do it really well. Um, and another person that does it really well is Morrissey, but you don't want to hear me talk about that, I'm sure. But he, well, does he, it... plays, he plays, uh, I know his sets are sort of legendarily eclectic. They are, but he'll always do, you know, he'll always do, um, you're the one day, for like Sunday or, you know, some, something like that, or her dresser on fire. Or, so, you know, he'll do like three or four of his classics and he might even throw a couple of Smith songs in too, you know, when he, he plays for a long time. So he doesn't, he doesn't do, you're the one for me fatty or, uh, we hate it when our friends become successful or that, that kind of stuff. Oh, you know, I've, yeah, he's done those. He's he, like I said, he'll just, he'll just change up the set. He'll do mainly his <laughs> new album, but he will put in definitely some of those old, old hits and you'll never know what it's going to be. It could even be a B side. You know, hmm. or and then he'll throw in a weird cover or something. So it's always in. He, I think he likes to keep himself interested as much as anything hmm. else. But I'll tell you what, so you, always you feel the same way. I mean, you you agree with my assessment more or less? Yeah, I think, like I said, I think the Buzzcocks did it perfectly. I think yes, you can showcase your new album, but you don't play it back to front and then you know, and that's it. You know, because yeah, you're right. The people came to see the songs that they know. You know, and you might get a few people that. Uh, really into the new album or something but most people are there because they want to hear yeah they, like you said if it's backman turner overdrive you want to hear them doing the songs taking care of business baby. Yeah. taking care yeah, of you business. want them to take care of business exactly right you want to you want to hear that cowbell ring out yeah now the worst thing i think even worse than just doing the new songs is the absolute assholes like lou reed or i think sting is like this too where they'll do an old song but they decide they're going to change it up a bit. Oh, yes. <laughs> you know? And so Lou uh, Reed so will, you know, will do, uh, you know, one, one of his... A 14-minute version of rock and roll, yeah. Yeah, or he'll, he'll do Walk on the Wild Side, but he'll do it completely differently. And he'll change up the uh, words, and he'll change up the inflection. So even the people who expected to hear the song, they'll say, hey, Walk on the Wild Side, and then he does it, and you're like, I don't even I don't recognize this fucking song. What is it? What are you doing? So... I think the actually the one that's le- the other one that's really legendary for that who's still playing, who's even though he's got to be like seventy five now is Bob Dylan. 
They said you go see him play, and you don't even realize he's playing. Like, if he does play, like, <laughs> the times they are changing or blowing in the wind or something like that, you won't even recognize it. Yeah, that's a very decision. It's just like a mumbling train wreck the did whole you, show. Did you see he sold his, like, his entire catalog to, to some to, it's an immense amount of, of money, right? I mean, well, yeah, but he, it's hundreds and hundreds of songs. I just I just can't wait to see the Tesla commercial where it's like, come gather around, children. <laughs> see that the waters around you have grown. It's just, you know, times they are changing to a Tesla commercial. But but the fact of the matter is, and, and I see Rolling Stone and all these things lamenting, because he's not the only one. A bunch of them have done it recently. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, Dylan's old. He, he's 75 freaking years old. Why not? I mean, well, I think he's, he probably yeah probably has all the money he needs, doesn't he? Well, yeah, maybe, but you know what's in, what good is all your integrity going to do you when you have the word depends? I mean, just you know, <laughs> enjoy your life, enjoy your money. <laughs> I, I don't know what his financial situation. I'm sure he's very very wealthy. Don't get me wrong, but but it's just you know, I don't know. I mean, listen, it's not like he's a punk rocker. It's not like he's got some. I don't think he has much ideological purity at the moment. I mean, he's gone through more stages than Cher goes through outfits at a, you know, show. It's uh, anyway, <laughs> but no, I'm fine with that. I don't have, I don't have an issue with it. And, uh, I'm going to license out, uh, a Bob Dylan song for this podcast. Just as a, yeah. Just, just as an aside to that. So whenever Lydia and I, whenever we go back to Liverpool, <clears throat> um, there's a fancy, fancy art gallery in the middle of town. And yep. uh, we always like to go in there. I don't know, because it's right, it's right across from Probe, the record store. So we okay. always pass it on the way. So we always go in. Because it's one of those ritzy art galleries where they like offer you like a cappuccino or something when you go in. And like some like young, attractive um, lady will uh, show you around and show you the, like, the latest paintings and stuff. But um, one time we, re- you know, and I'm, I'm pretending like I'm this rich American or something. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm actually going to be buying any of this stuff. And... Uh, but they had a whole bunch of Bob Dylan original paintings because he's a painter too. Oh, and how they, those look! And I have to, well, I have to say, so most times you'll see people like one of the guys in the Rolling Stones or something who fancies himself a painter, and it's absolute shit. It looks like something a ten-year-old would do, right? Yeah. But the Bob Dylan stuff was actually really, really good. Hmm. You know, if I if I'd had like five thousand pounds to invest, I probably would have done it because just getting the Bob Dylan autograph, you know, the the thing yeah. on there, that's that's worth something. So, yeah, ain't gonna ain't gonna be around forever. Yeah, so they they were actually, I was actually really really impressed. His painting style was actually good, so he must be making money doing that too. So good on him, I guess. All right, but well, yes, listen, Lou I'm... Reed, go screw yourself. Yeah, well, I'm <laughs> pretty sure you and did. Sting I'm as sure well. You... Have you ever heard, I'm pretty you ever, sure Reed done been screwed, man. He's done. Yeah. Well, have you um, ever have you ever heard Sting do like Roxanne or something now? No, but I heard. I remember when they police <laughs> at the end of their career, one of their early hits was "Don't Stand So Close to Me," of yep. course. And then they did what like half speed version of it later, and it was super annoying. It had to. But, the other two probably wanted to kill him. They probably wanted to at least beat their fucking guitars uh, over his head. I gotta tell you, man. And this is a whole different show we could do sometime, because it's the Police were a great band. But Sting's solo stuff is horrible. He's such a prick. He is such a I mean, prick. I mean, solo music just sucked. Yeah. And it was, cause, and there's a lot of examples of that. Now, like I said, we could almost do a show on it, but I can't think of it. It's hard to think of it in a punk context. But, like, like another one is, like, man, I love the early Black Sabbath albums, but Ozzy Osbourne's solo music is horrible, you know? You don't like Crazy so, Train or whatever it was called? 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, I know Crazy Train's a radio staple, and it comes on, and people crank it up and whatnot. But, but his music is horrible. His his solo music is horrible. But anyway, all right, I'm gonna play a song. Speaking of bands that aren't horrible, and speaking of bands that fit in the category that we're gonna talk about here in a minute, and play a real crowd pleasing set every time they play, almost to their own detriment. We're gonna play Screeching Weasel. So, so you know, I'm a huge Screeching Weasel fan. Their album last year was my favorite album of the year. But famously, you know, they started out in the Chicago suburbs in, like, 86. And then they played for off and on, broke up a few times, but more or less played till the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. And the entire time, there was two guys in the band. It was it was uh, Ben and Jughead. And I think I've even talked about this when I talked about Screech, the new Screeching Weasel album last time. But the band played. They played their last shows, sold out the House of Blues or whatever it was in Chicago, and we're done. And then a few years later, Ben put the band back together. Without Jughead, never mm-hmm. called him. Or, oh, interesting. Uh, I don't know. I don't know exactly what the situation was, but I think there's a lot of acrimony, at least on Jughead's end. And considering Ben, Ben's got acrimony towards everybody. I think. So um, they put out their first album was a comeback. Their comeback album without Juggy came out in 2011. It was on Fat Records, and the opening track pretty much made fun of Fat Mike. And I think that was when the relationship started to sour, even if he severed it after Ben with the, you know, woman punching. So anyway, we're going to play a great, great Screeching Weasel song. The best song on that album, probably. It wasn't, it wasn't an amazing album, but it had some good stuff on it. So yeah, this is Screeching Weasel, Follow Your Leaders. By the people for the little leaders screeching weasel so which album was that tom it was called 
First World Manifesto, I think, or something. I think it was First World Manifesto. Okay. So, so Neil, are you familiar? And I've been wanting to talk about this. This is a few weeks old now. This sort of news, but um, are you familiar with a podcast called The Dummy Room? I see it all the time. Yeah, we get compared to them sometimes, and uh, well, yeah, they're they're a big deal. I guess Dummy Room's yes, a big I, deal. They're definitely better better known than we are, and I would say stylistically they have a, a fair amount in common with us and like i said they've been around longer than us even though i don't we if we steal from them we didn't do it intentionally because i wasn't i was only vaguely familiar with them when we started doing this i'm a little more familiar with them now um i think it was i think it was uh paul one from borsa sprinkler was on there with with rev norb and and he mentioned it so i checked it out and i checked out a few episodes they're definitely more pop punk oriented than we are mm-hmm even though we talk to a lot of pop punk people, I don't think we're a pop punk podcast. You know, we we cover all aspects of punk rock. We do at least at least we all try. the aspects of yes. all the aspects that we like. Yes. Sorry, Ska. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, anyway, sit in the corner and shut up, Ska. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, it inter- so it was hosted by two guys, and one of his name is Nate, and he's another one that pops up in my, you know, you, you should be friends with this guy thing on Facebook all the time. Doesn't go into Liverpool, Nate, does know, he? Sure he's, sure he's a lovely guy. But it was hosted by two guys, and they, I think, speaking of acrimonious split, they uh, somehow long, somewhere along the lines, they they ended their partnership. Oh, interesting. So the, so the Nate guy, so what it seems like happened, and I might be wrong about this, and, and, and I know there's people listen to both of our shows, so correct me if I'm wrong. But the Nate guy ended up keeping the podcast, but the other guy maybe was had the social media or something. So so he had to start new social media accounts or something. And I'm actually in the new group because um, it's got a lot of cool. It's just a fun. It's a pretty fun group actually. But um, so that Brian who wrote us that we read the letter at the beginning, you know, on, on navel gazing on punk news, which is a Sunday, Sunday thing. You're, you're familiar with it. Uh, yeah. Some people post what they've been listening to and shit like that. Yeah, right. It's, just, it's like a hangout kind of thing, if you will, on punk news on Sunday afternoon, Sunday evenings, where people talk about what they've been listening to or something. And, and there was some conversation going on about this podcast splitting up. And, and I think it was our pal, Brian, who said, man, he said something about how he prays that, Tom and Neil never split up. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> it is, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. That makes me well, cry. Well, 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 what I was going to say was, I mean, nothing lasts forever. I mean, we're not going to do this for 100 years, you know. I, I don't know how long. We, maybe we'll do it for 10 years. Maybe um, we'll do it for yeah. six more months. Who knows? But the fact of the matter is, if we quit doing this, it's not punk till I die unless it's both of us, right? Right. Yes. I mean, we both go on to do other things, but if it, 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 this is this is... I'm just I'm just getting this promise from you right now. You're not just going to replace me with some other Midwestern because you have the technology. You handle all the technology. <laughs> yeah, see, I'm just going to stop fucking wiping you out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dox me. So anyway, it, it, it was it was interesting. Um, and anyway, I wanted to give a shout out to I think like I said, it was on the nod on Punk News. I think that's Brian who wrote to us earlier. So also oh, anyway, so, so is that. We're not going anywhere. I mean, I think if if any, you know, if we had to, we'd slow down a little bit. Even though I think we're actually kind of in a speeding up moment again. But you know, if we get burned out, we'll step back a little bit. And Neil and I are old guys, man. If we got a problem, we'll we'll fix it with our fists. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Um, yeah, bunch of tiny ass bitches. <laughs> yeah. So how was that other podcast? Was it any good? Yeah, it was. It was fun. I mean, it was. It was. 
it wasn't is I don't think it was quite as off the cuff as we are. Okay. Like it was more planned, and it was probably a little more polished and a little more, uh, you know, some more production stuff that we don't care about. What did they have like? Um, they have, like morning zoo noises and shit. Maybe. <laughs> but, but I think it's in Wisconsin. I'm not positive on this, so it's very Midwestern. You know, it's very. Uh, you know, it's it's it wasn't like super hipster or anything. I, I actually I think I, I don't I don't have anything negative to say about it. I uh, and the fact of the matter is, like I said, I don't feel any particular competition or anything like that. If anything, for me, because I came from the Punk News podcast, if I was going to be competitive with something, it would definitely be that. Mm-hmm. For sure. And the fact of the matter is, we're ten times more entertaining than that is. <laughs> and this comes from a man who's still on the other one. Too. Sometimes I still am on. I do my best, man. When you I, get invited, I, yeah. Yeah, I do my best. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, yeah. Talk about biting. I'm, I'm officially biting the hand that feeds now. Yeah. Well, so do you, do, that, do you listen to any right. other punk any, any any other punk podcast at all? You know, I I, I am not at the moment. Um, but I, I do want to go back and listen to some more of those dummy room ones because they do have a lot of cool guests, a lot of the same guests we do. Um, and the fact of the matter is, I see some people on there as guests, and I and I think, oh man, we should have them on. But I won't listen to those episodes because I don't want to. Yeah, you don't want to. Yeah. Mind, like ask them the same dopey questions, you know. But the fact of the matter is, like we we'd like to have more of the '80s hardcore type guests on. I don't think they would do that. Right. You know what I mean? I don't think it's really it really in their wheelhouse. So, right. but like I said, I don't I don't feel any particular competition with them. I was just I just thought that was thought that was funny that we got brought up in that same you know conversation because I think people who like them will like us and and probably vice versa. Yeah, so I listen to, I mean, ones I have listened to in the past. I don't listen to them all the time. I listen to the Razor Cake podcast, um, which I can't stand because it's so woke. Um, I can't stand it. Um, Dying Sea and Radio. Yeah, that's another no, one that's of those. Just, just music, right? That's another, yeah, and they'll play like eight songs in a row, and you'll have no idea who the fucking songs were. Now, now is Dying Sea and Radio still going? Um, I've got I've got an episode as long as soon as uh, january 6th so it must still be going yeah the reason i asked that is because the web, their site's done i oh, mean it, it hasn't been, hasn't been oh, active wow. for over a year i think they had some kind of a url issue or something so dying and, scene would be correct <laughs> well it, it's man listen these the dying scene was the closest thing to punk news as far as continually putting out content mm-hmm. and it takes a lot of work and the fact of the matter is the reason punk news has been able to keep going is because there's people willing to put the work in and a lot of the time it's been john gentilly as much as i right. kid and get a hard time listen man the guy works his butt off for nothing to do yeah. that to keep punk news going and even if i don't ideologically agree with the way he handles everything i i have mad respect for the work he puts in so right for sure anyways and the, anyway, the only other one I listen to is the um, <clears throat> Intruder Green from Mast Intruder. He has a podcast, and I have to say, I would love to get those guys on sometime. But goddamn, that podcast is terrible because mm, he does that. He does that stupid voice. He does the whole thing in character, uh-huh. and it is just it's sickeningly bad. So well, well, sorry, it, dude. It's it's interesting too because you see, it's it, a lot of people that already have a built-in audience are starting to not not starting to it's not like we invented the podcast man people have been doing it for 10 years before we you know we right, started right. doing it no sure yeah but a lot of famous people with a built-in audience have started doing them and i think and and i guess my question will be will it have the longevity because it's a fair amount of work and it's a fair amount of you, you know what i mean i think you oh, it is pretty, yeah it put them pretty dedicated to it i mean what are we 86 episodes right now yes sir i mean yep. you're 
pretty dedicated to go 86 episodes. If nothing else, I think we've outdistanced a lot of those type of shows. So yeah, anyway. well, I mean, I mean, uh, yeah, and that, that one is just like that, so like bad. to hang out with us. I think let us into their bedroom and bathroom and wherever else they want to go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, unfortunately, most of them are men. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So we don't want to bed. follow you guys, okay? Exactly. And we all like to go to the bathroom after a fifty-year-old man. All right. <laughs> why don't you play another? Why don't you play another song, Neil? All right. I am going to play a song by it's a band that we've never actually played before um, <laughs> on the show, um, but a long-time pop-punk band, um, the Groovy Ghoulies. Hmm. Um, so. Yeah, I, I've seen them a couple times. They always put on a great show. I mean, I know the band is well. The band is dead right now. It's just Cappy doing Groovy yes. Ghoulies. But he's just—I know he's done like he's actually re-recorded some of those the Groovies albums, like with different bands. Like I know he did at least one with the Copyrights, right. who are like a Chicago-ish. Yeah. Band. Yeah, and I assume that's because he doesn't have the rights from the labels or something. But anyway, yeah, we can we can talk about that later. Too, yeah. I guess I'm not for sure. Yeah. Um, Either he's doing like a dancing type power trip, or he just re-records it so he doesn't have to pay his old bandmates. I mean, maybe, I maybe. But you know, the last time I saw them, I actually saw them with the Epoxies at uh, the Fireside, um, another great show. But um, I didn't speak to him, but I spoke to him at the time. He had he had uh, there was it was a three piece, and the drummer and the bass player were both girls. Um, really, Sc- Scampy and Roach, I think, were their names, and they were both lovely. They couldn't have been nicer. Creep them out, huh? Uh, yeah, I creep them out. Yeah. Are you um, music on your or something, Neil? I swear, I hear something going on in the background. That you know what that is? That's my radiator going at like a thousand degrees. Oh. So sorry, dude. I can't. I can't stop that. Your neighbor smoking a big spliff <laughs> and eating bacon. Um, so inside jokes. <laughs> yes, yeah, inside jokes. Um, so yeah, so this is the Groovy Ghoulies with um a song from the album, I think go stories like ghost stories um so this is the song ghoulies are go go Your 
Alright, ghoulies are go there by the groovy ghoulies. Um, that was probably when they were in their in their heyday, I have to say. They were really, really good live. They were a lot of fun. Um, like I say, I spoke to the two ladies in the band and they were they were super super friendly so that oh. was a it was a, that was a good night that was a really good show it was the epoxies groovy ghoulies and then there was that crazy ass japanese band is it like guitar wolf does that ring a bell with oh, you really wow yeah. that's a cool bill yeah it was it was a great and it was at fireside which is always amazing so oh. um yeah it was a, that was a great show so our our loose topic so we because we were talking we were joking about you know how this like this show, I don't think could be this show without both of us. So, what about when bands lose a key member? Interesting stuff. Yeah. Yep. That's an interesting so, topic. So obviously, so I played Screeching Weasel earlier. So that was my my songs are all along that theme. I mean, who's really pulled it off well, and who's and who hasn't pulled it off well? Because. I mean, a lot of the 90s bands are just, like, the leader of the band now and a bunch of kids or whatever. Right. But as far as, like, you know, I'm trying to think of the legacy bands. Because you think – because the one I think of is, like, like a Black Flag, right? Yeah, because that's just Greg, but Greg Ginn, but, basically, right? But they've done nothing but soil their, soil their legacy, right? Right. And even the Misfits. I mean, Jerry Only has pretty much made that Misfits name worth just about nothing, well, he pretty much drove it into the dirt slowly, you know, yeah. little, little by little with every with every version of the band he did. With, with the Michael Graves one, it wasn't it wasn't so bad. That was a pretty good it was a pretty good band lineup, and they did a couple of albums, and they were pretty good. It just wasn't it wasn't Misfits, so. though. Yeah, but it was the, the albums were still good. I still like to listen to those albums. I think yeah, they were good. okay. I don't listen to them, but they were okay. But um, from but from there, it got worse and worse. <laughs> but the funny thing with the Misfits is, you know, so they reunited last few years. They're selling out fifteen to twenty thousand seat arenas. Right. Who else could do that? I mean, Black Flag couldn't do that, right? If Black Flag got back together with Keith Morris, I mean, say they put together a dream lineup. You know, the Duke on bass, Bill Stevenson on on drums, maybe Dez on second guitar. I mean, and, and Henry Rollins singing. It would have to be Henry singing. Oh yeah, it'd have to be Henry singing, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah. I was thinking of how what I wanted to actually see. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. But I mean, they're not, they're still they're still not selling out Madison Square Garden, are they? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. No. But no. yeah, it's it's interesting. Well, okay. I mean, one of the biggest. So yeah, there's the bands like that. So I mean, arguably, I guess though, Greg Ginn was the driving force behind. Black yeah. Oh, Flag, no question. So, no question. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, no, he was the guy. But then, how about let's go the other way, where the driving force leaves, and the rest of the band are still touring, i.e., the Dead Kennedys. So that's kind of uh, that's kind of the I, opposite, right? Well, it's funny the dead. You know, I've defended the Dead Kennedys. Boy, they were another one that got into some social media hot water. If anybody really cares about any of that stuff, it's so nonsensical. You know, it it's is. So it really, it really is nonsense. Yeah, but um, but uh, I would argue they're still pretty fun to go see. More so than Black Flag. Black Flag's sort of painful to go see. Like, it's fun when they're playing Rise Above, and it's fun when they're playing Six Pack, but when Greg Ginn is doing, like, a 14-minute sitar solo... Well, so it's going back to my whole playing... It's it's going It's going back to my whole playing the hits thing again, right? Yeah, (laughs) nobody plays the hits better than Dead Kennedys because they don't have any new material for 35 years. And how is that possible? How I mean, the three members of the band are originals. How can they not write a song? What's the advantage of them playing a new song because then they can pretend that they're a real, they're still a real band but they're not i mean they're 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 a high-end 
they're just they're a nostalgic. They are the punk rock version of a state fair band, but they're good at it. They're fun to go see. They're enjoyable to go sing along with. I, I've seen the Dead Kennedys with a couple different singers over the years, at least maybe three times. Always great fun. I've seen Jello Biafra in the Guantanamo School of Medicine. Less fun. Yeah. I mean, a little more a little more vital because they do have a lot of new material, but you gotta listen to you get gotta get a mini lecture between every song from, from <laughs> Jello, who long ago gave up the high moral ground, I think. So it's it's I, I, I don't know. Now, does he play I, any I, Dead Kennedy songs in his set? May do a couple. They do, and and do they, think, do, they do a good so job, or do they, they, they do a horrible ago. job? Well, it's a little clunky because yeah. it's a little heavier. But like, I think they did. I think they did. Oh, they did the thing I love, where they changed the words. I think they did Nazi Trumps fuck off last oh, time. Jesus Christ. And I think they did California Uber Alice. Oh, and they they changed it again. Well. I mean, you know, the irony of the situation, um, I, you know, I always had a, had a, the irony of the situation is I'm pretty sure that Jello is kind of being sort of supportive of Gavin Newsom. And all I can think is, man, Jerry Brown was a civil libertarian compared to Gavin Newsom. Yeah, for sure. hundred percent. But I mean, once again, the worm has turned the irony of this, the way, the way politics have gone in, in general is just, is just crazy. I don't even pretend to really know what's happening but anyway anyway i, I think that that I, I actually sort of would rather see the dead kennedys in their current form play the songs and have fun and enjoy myself than listen to lectures from jello biafra about how he <laughs> you know about how he single-handedly helped move the political landscape yeah i get so, that now let's anyway. go to, let's go to the other extreme so yep. let's look at sham 69 where there's like two yeah. versions of Sham sixty nine. Yeah. And the the, the, <laughs> I love the, that. the one that tours the one that plays out the most actually has no like original members or none of the original members that well, you would care been, about. Well, so the so the Tim V Sham sixty nine, yeah. which is the one you're talking about, yep. I think are they America based? They no, I think they're no, I think they're in I think they're still based in England, but I think they do tour the US. The, that that's the version that tours the US, I think. Because the other, because the other, the version of Sham sixty nine in England, it has the two main guys, the guitar player and the singer, right? It does. It has Jimmy Percy and uh, Percy and Parsons. Yeah, yeah, Percy and Parsons. I think Trigunner might play the bass as well. Yeah, yeah. So the other one is what the bass player? No, well, no. It was the original. It was the very, very, very original drummer, I believe, who but who got kicked out in like seventy seven, and then just like three other. No, well, not nobodies. I'm not putting them down, but I'm just saying it's three guys you wouldn't know. But they've been see. Here's the thing: it's weird, right? So that original, the, the the version you think of Sham '69 might have only been together like five years, mm. and this version of Tim well, that V was pretty long back in those days, though, right? But I'm saying the version of Tim V has had together. They've probably been together like 25 years, so they probably <laughs> say that they have more right to the name than the. I don't. It's really weird, right? It's very when weird. I a, when I was a kid, I remember. It's just so sad because I remember when I was a kid, there'd be like. Ario Speedwagon's coming to town. Now Gary Rickrath's Ario Speedwagon's coming to town. They'd be like, hey, Foghat's going to be at the county fair. Well, in a different county, you're going to have Handsome Bob's Foghat. You know, and it's, it's all this. <laughs> like anybody knows the difference. Um, Pretty so the funny it's... thing was, so I actually went I actually went on a site, and I dissed that new Sham 69. Um, and then I got a freaking, I got an email from, was it Tim V? Is that the guy? 
I think so. That's a singer, right? Yeah. I actually got an email from him defending why they use the name and why Jimmy well, per- why why Jimmy Percy doesn't deserve the name and how he screwed over the band and took all the money and still a heroin addict at sixty five and can't and, even stand up to play well, a show. Yeah, I mean he bankrupted the rest of the band and stole all the money and all this shit. So after reading that letter, I was like, Wow, well maybe he well, is. maybe you shouldn't have been a dick to him. We could have had him on the podcast, dude. I know I actually wasn't because in the email thread, I actually apologized and said, like, that's why I actually probably could reach out. If you wanted to do that, I probably could reach out to him and get him on the show. Hey, why not? If you want to do a whole Sham 69 Sham, Sham themed episode. Sure, man. As long as he lets me pick out the songs. <laughs> I mean, I have as no. much right to as he does, right? <laughs> I mean, as well, as far as I, I don't even know. Maybe that new version of Shamsky and I has recorded like six albums that we don't know about. <laughs> that would be great. That'd be great. I mean, nobody wants to listen to If the Kids Are United. Let's listen to this new song about yeah. how his wife ran up the credit card. Well, so, so how, okay, so let's talk about this as well then. So, how about <clears throat> bands well, stop, that. Let, let, me, let me stick a, let's stick a song. All right. So, yes, you, you stick a song. Sorry. So, I'm going to stick a song in from one of the best examples of a of somebody breaking up the band putting together a whole new band so tesco v of course my my hero my 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 guide through life was originally from the lansing michigan area had a had the band did all those like early meat men stuff crippled children suck uh you know where the meat men you suck meat men stomp all that like real early stuff it was all when he was in the lansing area mr tapeworm yep and then he <laughs> He literally split the band up. It was a couple of brothers, I think, were in the band. He split the band up, and he went to Washington, D.C. and put the band back together with a totally different lineup. And it always, it, it kind of was a little more transient of a lineup after that, but it had some famous people in it, like Brian Baker played in the band for a while, and Lyle Pressler, guys from Minor Threat. So, I mean, it was, it was which is kind of funny, right? But the first album they did was 85. They put out an album... With the with one of the newer lineup, don't even ask me for sh- exact who was in the, but it was called War of the Superbikes, and it was uh, a fun album, but it was definitely different. It didn't have the, like the short, like angry but funny hardcore songs. It was clear he was trying harder with the comedy end of it. That had Brian Baker and Lyle Presler on it. Okay. Looking at it now, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So I mean, it's hard to argue with that lineup, right? It's right. Really a yep. Star-studded punk lineup. But let's play the title track from that album. So this is The Meat Men, the version 2.0 of the about five or six different versions of The Meat Men with War of the Superbikes. So cool. 
Superbikes by the Meat Men, version two of the Meat Men, I guess you would say. Or what's different than the Meat Men songs we've played to this point? Yeah, unfortunately, because those were. See, I like those albums too, but they were different, definitely. Didn't you? Didn't you buy that the last time you were in Chicago? Don't I remember you buying that? You bought uh, something Meat Men, didn't actually you? Actually, bought it in Lansing when I was at Flat Black and Circular, the classic old record store in Lansing, where Tesco used to peddle his wares back in the eighties. What, what does that mean? He was. Turning tricks? What does that mean? Oh, he's like he tells a story about how he had a box of like the fixed singles, which was like the first touch and go release, and it was just sitting there in the record store for couldn't sell them for like two bucks a piece or whatever. And now they now they go for like five hundred bucks a piece. Well, there you go. Yeah, it's funny how that works out, isn't it? It is. But every time I go over there, and I like going over there, it's an hour and fifty minutes or an hour and a half from me. But I love going over there. But I always because they always have cool Michigan. I always find cool stuff, cool seven inches. From local bands or classic Lansing bands, I, it seems like I always pick up something new from the Meat Men. So I'm gonna have to go over there. Yeah, it sounds like you've really talked that store up. So I'm yeah, gonna... I mean, it's just it's it's a good good old kind of too much stuff packed in it. Old school record store, but well organized. So does it have that? Does it have that weird old record store smell? No, not so much. No, but it's been there since the early '70s, I think, or something. Wow. But it's old. are cool. It's a good place. Yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, so what, I, so what I was going to say before the break was, uh, how about Sorry. those bands that you knew? I mean, they were basically, it was like what, there was one main guy in the band who wrote yep. all the songs and did everything. That's the guy that you were, you know, that you were always knew the band by. The, re- he- the, reason would, the reason I wouldn't accept that about the dead Kennedys is because I do think that like East Bay Ray's like surf guitar sound was, yeah, no, I, the yeah, dead I agree with you there, but how about a band like Thin Lizzy? After Phil, if after Phil Lynott died, um, I mean Phil was the band, right? He wrote the songs. He was the front man. He did all that stuff, and yet, yeah. and yet somehow there's a new version of Thin Lizzy that's that's touring about. Does anybody care? I mean, do they? Do people go just to hear you know Jailbreak? I don't I, know. I assume they do, but it just seems so. Is it even a bad day? Huh? 
front is the front man a, ba- a black guy now? I have not, I don't think so. No, I think it's a white dude, oh. and I don't think he plays the bass. I think he just sings. Really? Um, so it just but and the funny thing is when I've heard I I heard like a live track, and he does all the same like things that like all the ad libs that Phil Lynott would do live like on the live on the on um what's that yeah famous, they're, they're they're not live album. Thing, right yeah. Yeah, yeah, live and dangerous. Yeah, so this guy does all those same, <laughs> all those same ad libs and stuff, and it's just, it's just bizarre. So it might be other guys from the original band, but you know, everybody, Phil Lynott was the band, and I have to say the same, same thing with Big Country. Um, I, I mean, I love Big Country, but Stuart Adamson was Big Country. He wrote the songs. He was a singer, and he was the main guitar player. He got the guitar. Is there a sound. version of that? Is there a version of that band still? Oh gosh, there is. Yes. Well, I saw the skids. I mean, the skids are still around. They put out a Christmas single. They're using some of the, and once again, it's sort of, I mean, he's not there, obviously. Well, well, here's the funny thing. The skids, the reformed skids and the reformed big country share a a bunch of members. Well, but at least the skids. The skids singer is the same. Richard Jobson is still singing. They have a couple of the original guys. Yeah, but it's the, the, I think it's the big country bass player and the big country uh, drummer playing in the skids. And I think. See, that's more convenient. We can tour together and exactly yeah exactly and i think who's singing for big country i think it's the guy from the alarm i think mike peters sings for the, for big country mm. yeah so it's it's just weird though that you know so just call it a different name or something i don't know it just seems, it so, seems that one seems weird to me one of my favorite bands that i'm always talking about negative approach we played them a couple times they're super heavy they're not for everybody they, uh, the only one from the original Negative Approach is the singer, mm-hmm. John Brandon. But the bass player played from Necros. Don't get me started on Necros. I know you don't want to... Me talking about Necros is like Neil talking about the post office. Nobody you, wants to hear well, you, you haven't talked about the Necros in about 50 episodes, to be fair. Well, they were the, they're the best. They, they need to have their catalog reissued. They're the best. They were yeah, the best. Agreed. From Mount Ohio, but they were associated with the Detroit, Detroit scene. They were yeah. the best. They toured with the Misfits early on. Anyway... Um, so they had the bass player from the and the guitar player. I can't remember where, what band he came from, but the drummer also had been around a lot of bands. But they have a uh, John Brandon had a later band called um, Easy Action, which was his rock and roll band. But if you've heard him sing, you know he can't really sing rock and roll. It's just like this howl. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the, it's all four of the same guys. Hmm. So it's ex- it's literally the exact same band now. And, I, and I'm sure that's convenient in a lot of ways, but it's sort of weird, right? It's two weird. separate, yeah. two separate entities. Yeah. But once again, I, I guess the difference would be Easy Action can write new music, but it, there's not going to be any new negative approach music, I assume. Well, again, yeah. Well, and again, going back to my earlier thing, if you do go and see the new negative approach, you expect to hear all those old songs. You don't want to hear him do a new album of stuff that no one wants to hear. Their, right? their original run, they did literally like 21 songs. Right. And. It- the all back to back take about twenty one minutes. Yeah, it's like someone. Tw- it's like summer twenty nineteen when I went to see Stiff Little Fingers and the Avengers. The Avengers, I'm sure. I mean, they've been around since seventy eight or whatever, and I'm sure they've done more records than that one, or more songs than that one Pink album. But that was what they played, man. Uh, I they don't pulled... think so. No, hmm. I don't no. think so. Well, I'm sure they could have done if they wanted you know, to. But... Of course, you know the Pink album wasn't really an album; it was all their singles, right? right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's but, funny because I saw that. So I went record shopping Sunday and I saw that and I considered it. But it's just, you know, I, I usually go out and buy like two records. I spend like 40, 50 bucks, you know. Um, but I'm going to try to go more often. 
but yeah, they had that there. They had the superior superior aqueduct, the new new version, which is a good sounding press, but I did not grab it. See, but and but it's funny, something like that, good sounding press. I mean, they recorded it just some of those original singles on a shoestring anyway. So there's only so good that those things can sound, right? So. Yeah, but a lot of it's you know. Yeah. Anyway, now but, we're but, off but the, anyway, my point was very loose topic. What's that? My point was when I went to see them. That's all they played. They played that those like don't think ten songs or whatever. It, but I don't think they ever do anything else. Well, I know she's done solo stuff and yeah, stuff it's like not that. So, but anyway, that's what they played. But it's um, like her, her stuff is like coffee shop singer songwriter stuff. Now the interesting thing is, so get this one. So I know the Jam. You don't really care about the Jam, but the Jam were obviously one of my favorite bands growing up. Yep. And then Paul Weller split the band up. So. After a while, Bruce Foxton and Rick Buckler, the other two guys in the band, they got back together and did like a, um, almost like a, I call it a tribute band. I don't know what you would call it, but they called themselves From the Jam. So they didn't call themselves the Jam, which was good. They called themselves From the Jam. And they were fantastic. They got another guy in who kind of sounded like Weller and stuff and played guitar, or played Rickenbacker and stuff like Weller. And um, they were really good. They were really, you know, sounded so just did like they the Jam. Just- did they just play old songs? They actually did record a new album. I don't know if anybody bought it, but um, but the old songs they did perfectly. Yeah, so when you went along to see them, I only saw them once. I saw they played Chicago um, probably 10 years ago now. Jesus. Um, oh, really? Okay. You're not talking like 1985. You're talking... No, least... yeah, I'm talking, well, maybe 10, maybe 15 years. Time's fly, time fly. But yeah, it was definitely in the 2000s that I went to see them at a, at a small place in Chicago. And it was fantastic. I mean, huh. it was just like it was just like seeing them back in the day. Um, now, How many times did you see the jam? I saw the jam six times, I think. And they put out six albums before they split up? Over the course of about three, six years or something. Tom, setting sun, sound effects, the gift. Yeah, six six studio albums. Yeah, and then since you know, then, has been since since then, there's been all kinds of reissues and live and you know studio recordings, you know demos and shit. But six actual studio albums. Um, but the reason I brought it up was because now if Paul Weller, who wrote the songs, if you go see his solo stuff, he will throw a couple of jam songs in there. And much like we were talking about Lou Reed or Bob Dylan before, he completely butchers the fucking jam stuff when he tries mm. to do it with his solo band. He absolutely butchers it. What does so, he do? Add horns to it? He, they they do them like at a different pace, and he kind of he'll have like a cheap a, shot. Yeah. It was just a cheap shot about <laughs> how the jam occasionally use horns. Well, no, no, worse than that. Worse than that, he'll throw like some guy playing like the panpipes or something in, in one of the songs. Or something awful like that. Like Jethro Tull uh-huh. or some shit. It's just, it's painful. And um, and so, the you know, from the jam, even though they might seem like a less authentic thing, they actually do a much better job of playing fun, those right? songs. At the end of the day, it's more fun to go see. 100%, 110%, yes, 110% more fun. Well, and, if, and if they tour this summer and anyone's in England, because they only seem to tour England these days, you should go see him because it's a fantastic night. They they put on a great show. It's it's like oh you want to talk so we can go back to the black flag thing. You got the black flag flag thing. Oh yeah flag yeah yeah same. Great flag was great live band. Played old black flag songs. That was it. But it was like an all star version of the band. They were great. Yep. So exactly and the same kind of thing, right? Yeah. Black flag was like eh. yeah. All right, all right, Neil. Why don't you play us another one of your songs? Play us your, it should be probably your last song, right? Yep. Play us your yep. last song. All right. So this, okay, so this is another band I've never played on the show before. So 
in the night i'm always saying like in the 90s and stuff i really I, I didn't listen to like no fx there was a lot of punk stuff i missed in the 90s and early 2000s because i was listening to a lot either a a lot of like brit pop type stuff like oasis and that kind of thing or i was looking for a uh, more rock and roll type new york dolls maybe dead boys type stuff and there wasn't a lot of it back then but one of the bands that was was a band called the black halos have you ever heard of the black halos tom Sounds familiar, but maybe I heard it from you. I can't remember. Okay, they're from Vancouver, Canada, and um, big, obviously big Dead Boys, Steve Bader's fans, because it's very much in that kind of vein. So I'm gonna play the first song from their first album, which was from 1999. So it was a self-titled album. Mm-hmm. So this is the song "Shooting Stars" from the Black Halos. Yeah. 
wasn't that good. Wasn't that amazing? Don't you know that you are a <laughs> shooting star? Yeah, don't you know? Not exactly, mate. Yeah, so um, <laughs> I think if you have any love for the Dead Boys or that kind of sound, you'll absolutely love the Black Halos. Now, they they released five albums, I think, um, coming from Canada. I mean, they toured a lot in the U.S., but they, they never got the uh, notoriety they deserved or the popularity they deserved. And um, I know they broke up in the early 2000s, but I think they might have got back together again in like 2019. So hopefully, mm. um, actually, I think they, they had a they had a big comeback tour plan for 2020. Well, they probably did because they actually did release a single in memory of Mr. Chai Pig, mm. you know, and fellow fellow Canuck. So um, yeah, so I think maybe they were for, you know, planning to do something, but unfortunately that obviously has fallen apart so anyway i hope to see something else but in the black halos um relatively soon because yeah i absolutely love that band they were uh, one of my favorites so yeah hmm. vancouver canada yes cool cool yeah so do you have anything else to say about your whole bands reforming sends og members do we have any any takeaways on that one what about what like the think? vibrators dude where it's like literally like the drummer that's that's a tough one right because as much as I love the vibrators, yeah, I mean, Nox... and I haven't seen them with the, like that lineup, so maybe it's fun still. I, I mean, it's probably fun. I mean, if you're paying ten bucks to go see a show and drink beer, who, I mean, I'd still probably do it. And those songs but, are great. The first two albums, yeah. if you play those songs, those are fantastic. And sure, you know, but we'll see what they play. But it's yeah, but it's the drama. It's like Knox was the Knox and Pat Collier, right? Those were the like the original guys and. And supposedly they record with them every once in a while, and they'll put out an album. But Nox, I think they Nox do occasionally told. still yeah. do things. Yeah, I, I think I remember. I read. I don't know. You know, I I do these news pieces sometimes for new noise. Well, they'll send me something. It's usually like old punk rock stuff. Yeah, it's like I knew about the Skids were still playing because they did a Christmas single. Yep. It's like nothing says punk rock like a new Christmas single. They recorded an album a couple of years ago that was actually pretty damn yeah. good. Hmm. Yeah, with that, with that new lineup with uh, the the big country, the big country skids. Uh, we there can call you go. Them. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So no, I just thought that'd be fun to talk about. Like I said, I wanted to. I I, uh, I thought that was interesting. We'll see, we'll that, see, that podcast that had gone bad. You know, we don't we don't have a we don't have a contingency plan in place. So yeah, we don't need one. But you know, be a vibrators thing is that that raises an interesting point. So then you get to the the, the point where. Some of these bands are so old that some guys just can't tour anymore. They might like to, like like Seven Seconds, for example. Seven Seconds just decided to call it quits, right? Because the drummer couldn't do it anymore physically. Yeah. Well, and they'd have the same same lineup. It wasn't not the whole run of the band, but for a long, long time yeah. they did the same lineup. Right. Right. So, I mean, you know, and if, but if they do decide to do that, because heaven knows. You know, everyone's got to make money when they get older. Everyone's got to retire at some point, right? Yeah. So I can't really blame them. Um, and I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what the vibrators do do. They tour incessantly. I mean, they, they, they did at least. Yeah, I don't know if they still do or not, but they yeah, did at yeah. one point. <laughs> With COVID, who the fuck knows, right? But um, but yeah, they were constantly, they played Chicago like two or three times a year, you know. Yeah. And they play, and it was always like Lombard or something. It was, it was like all the diving venues, right? Well, yeah, and sadly enough, it would be like a smaller venue like each time or something like that. Yeah. So that was that was kind of sad. But, I, you know, hey, I, that, that can't be an easy life. But I guess if it's the only life you know or have known for the last 30 years, I guess. And I mean, you can make a better, living. Better working at a gas station, right? Yeah. I don't think it's for everybody, but I think there are people who really enjoy that sort of transitory lifestyle. 
Yeah, I mean, but, it's, it, like like you said, it's better if you don't want to work a nine to five. I guess it's the it's the kind of it's the kind of thing that you do, and then you wonder how many times have they played like Baby Baby or something? They probably play it like five million times. <laughs> you know. <laughs> In fact, we well, haven't played we haven't, fact, we haven't we haven't played the vibrators much on the show. No? Maybe we should at some point. Whips and furs or something. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stiff little fingers. Baby's good. Yeah, all those are good. But yeah, actually, you know, it's probably not a horrible idea that we give people something a little shorter this time. Our last two episodes, have our last two before this, we broke the record in length, which we had a couple people that were at about 220. That was our longest to date. And I think our last two were, what, 225 and 230? Yeah, Roxy was 225, and uh, yeah, and Ed was, Ed was 230. Joe, Joe, yeah. Joe Rogue territory. So hope you enjoyed those. We enjoyed talking to both those people. Yeah, uh, we did. I, and 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 I gotta tell you, you know, usually, usually one of us knows the guest better than the other. That's just how it is, you know. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, these last two, I had very little knowledge of either of them, and they were just, yeah, just fantastic, fantastic. I, I think the John Bates, or not John Bates. I think the Ed Shred one, John Bates. I John Bates. I don't think I could have went five more minutes. John is very high strong. <laughs> He's a very, very energetic guy. Yeah, I but, got you there. But, yeah. Uh, Ed Shred, man, I feel like that could have been the, that could have been our Joe Rogan four-hour podcast. I, I literally think we could have gone four hours with him. Oh, seriously, because he has so many stories about the DC guys that everyone would just find fascinating. That he just and, happened and, you know, to be, you know. It will be, be another time because, yeah, I still think at some point you got to kind of, you know, got to kind of close it up. Oh, for sure. But I'm saying we could have him back again another time. So, no, Definitely, I mean, and most of the most of the people we've had, I would gladly have back. Honestly, if they got something new going on or we got something else to cover, yeah. So it's it's funny. One of the other things I was going to throw at you, and we're not going to mention any names, but there's a a rumor going around about a you know kind of a, some people throwing shade at a long time fairly popular pop punk guy in the scene. And I thought, oh, Neil, we should talk about that, but we don't want to be the tabloid, right? No, but I, t- but I, t- it- I tell you what you do want to f- talk about, and maybe you forgot. The guy from uh, Beach Lang or whatever, didn't you want to bring that one up? Oh, yeah, yeah, I was going to talk about yeah. that. but it well, it won't, be... It'll only take us five minutes. All right, we'll talk about that really quick, because I have such mixed feelings about this. Because at the end of the day, people shouldn't treat other people poorly. And the older I get, the more I go, will bend over backwards not to treat people poorly, even if they're being assholes. I just, it's just, I just want to get along with everybody. I, I become a bit of a peacemaker as I get older. And I, I don't know that my my partner in crime here will agree with me on that, but that's just how I am. <laughs> yes. uh, but the fact of the matter is, I read this thing about the manager. Of beach slang. Beach no, do, slang we, do, do you even know beach slang? I mean, it's a name like, I know, but I've never I heard of this about. They're definitely more of an indie. They run in punk circles, but they're definitely more of a mopey indie rock garbage. It's just not for me, you know. Mopey indie I mean, rock garbage. Love it. It's just it's just not for me. It, mm-hmm. And whatever people like them. Um, they were pretty big for a minute. They had a manager. We don't, Neil. We don't have a manager. We could get one if you, you want. want. Do you want one? Do you want a manager? 10 percent of nothing baby <laughs> yeah it's easy yeah 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 you can organize the shows for us yeah that'll be it but the manager came out and this is one of these things once again you got this gotcha sort of social media sort of you know cancel culture thing and the manager came out and said this this guy who the main guy of the band has been treating her just very poorly mentally abused verbally abusing her never anything physical never anything sexual but just constantly just 
berating her and all this stuff. And hold it's on, so hold funny. On, hold on. So what's the story? So the manager was berating the person or the person was berating the manager? The guy from the band was doing this to the manager. And is this, a, is this a, like a one-person band or is it a real band? It's a real band, but I think this is the main guy from the band, I think. So he was yelling at the manager. Treating her like absolute garbage, which is not cool. It's not cool at all. Have you seen Spinal Tap? That's what that's what the people well, in the band no, are supposed here's, to here's do. My, here's my thing, Neil. It, and this is me being a dick. I get it. But I'm saying this is every single person who grew up in the 70s or 80s. This yeah. is every single person who ever played on a recreational sports team. This is every single person who went into to, to uh, public high school just constantly getting berated and constantly being treated like garbage. Like, like what other what people now call verbal abuse and, and cry about. We're like, oh, yeah, that was my what my T-ball coach used to say to me. You know what I mean? It's just it's it's such a different world now that part of me just says, oh, people got to stop being so sensitive. But like I said, the more or the older me says, people just need to treat each other better. So, so, no so hold on, hold on. Let me get this story straight. So hold on. Yep. The manager was saying that the person in the band treated him badly or the other way around. The manager said she was verbally abused by the guy from the band. How well, many times do I need to? Don't make me berate you, Neil. Well, because what I'm what I'm saying on Discogs seems to say the opposite. But um, but e- either way, either way, couldn't this person just quit? What was making well, them stay? <laughs> well, I think it's the. I think she kind of insinuated that it was sort of like the battered wife sort of syndrome. I mean, no but, one is making a manager stay with a band. But, but but he ruined her self-esteem, so she couldn't leave. Oh, motherfucker. It's like, what is the matter with people these days? Spend I know. I, like I said, that's that's a lot of me. Like I said, man, I my t-ball coach when I was like six years old called us assholes, little assholes. We were six years old, you know. And now you got this full-grown adult who is being verbally abused. I'm like, every day of my life I was verbally abused. Dude, when we were learning to swim... The guy that the fucking the guy's name was Dick, believe it or not, at the, the swimming pool. You know what he did to, to teach us to swim? He just threw us in the threw deep you. end. He threw yeah, us in the deep end. It is a it is a more sensitive world, Neil, and that's why we are essentially T Rexes wandering around waiting for the comets. <laughs> I, I guess, but what kind of thing are we going to leave behind? A bunch of people that cry whenever something doesn't go their way. Because, you know, in the comment section, of course, most people were very supportive of the manager who was abused, which is fine. But I'm like, oh, I can't wait until this band member comes out and gives this fake apology and then checks into rehab. And then the band member, when all this stuff came out, he didn't fake apologize and check into rehab. He doubled down and said that he was raised in an abusive home and then went to rehab. (laughs) Remember a few years ago when, like, Kevin was it Kevin Spacey, the actor? Is that the guy from American Beauty? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He came out that he was, like, being really inappropriate with, like, young men on the set. That's right, yep. And then he finally came out as gay, which everybody knew. Yeah. As if that was, like, him being, like, a closeted gay man made up for the fact that he was being badly behaved i don't know i don't know neil you know what you, you know what he should have said he should have said well if you'd been a better fucking manager maybe i wouldn't have had to do that you useless yeah. lump here's the thing neil's <laughs> a jerk off. i'm a jerk off our fathers were jerk offs our grandfathers are jerk offs but you know who's responsible for me being a jerk off me no, not you, my father not my grandfather no, you know what if you're doing a shit job sometimes you deserve to be told you're doing a shit job you think it was like maybe it was like spinal tap? It was like the little bread. Like <laughs> yes, yes, to... yes, yes. I keep folding it 
and it breaks off. See, I, I, I can't do it. <laughs> Neil, this show, this show went to eleven. Uh, I wish you, you've got another song to play. You know that, right? I, I have one more song. We're yeah. gonna, we're gonna, like I said, we're gonna give people a little shorter episodes so they have time to chew on the last couple because I know we're, the last couple aren't even officially out yet. So um, we don't want to get too far ahead <laughs> unless we're gonna really start dumping episodes on people. Yeah, hopefully you'll so, really enjoy them though, because I really enjoyed doing them. I thought they were both good episodes. I hope, I hope they enjoyed this. Yeah. Back to our free flowing, you know. Yeah, free flowing nonsense. Yes. Free flowing duo. So, uh, Tom, the you just one, you just verbally, verbally abused me. I'm fucking. Oh, I'm going to sue you. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, we'll just we'll take it out and fist. Uh, I'm bigger. You're quicker. It'll be a good fight. Um, so. We anyway, so another band that lost their singer. We've actually talked about this band roundabout a couple times. So you were a big fan of Code of Honor, yes, and they became sick, sickies. Well, Sick Pleasure was a so it was the same band but with a different singer. So Sick Pleasure had a different singer than Code of Honor did. Yeah, Nikki Sicky, right? Who apparently is a meth head, according to a, a letter we got. You just abused him. <laughs> It was kind of funny. I don't remember who wrote that letter, but it was like, hey, the guy's a big method. I might be able to get him on here. Yeah, that's right. He did. Let's get him on the show. Let's get Nicky Sicky on the show. He might go off. But anyway, you, are you going to verbally abuse him? Anyway. Uh, there you go. Morning zoo, baby. But he, he, his next band after that I really love. They're called Verbal Verbal Abuse. And they their album is, I think, still in print on Beer City, like the reissued version. Yes. It is. Really I saw. I saw it at uh, Bucket of Blood. Yeah, it's one of those classic, you know, twelve song, seventeen minute long records from that era. Um, but after Nikki Sicky left, my wife bought some. My wife bought some baby bat, baby bunnies for me to cuddle with Neil. Baby back ribs. That's what you were gonna say. <laughs> oh, bunnies, my, my, you know, my thirteen year old daughter raises rabbits. I think we've talked about that a little bit. Yes. Uh, there was these two brothers living in a cage together. The next thing you know, we have eight baby bunnies. Don't think they were brothers, buddy. Yeah, I believe they were brother and sister. And <laughs> yeah, we have all kinds of these new inbred, retarded baby bunnies. It's um, a good name for but a band. Anyway, so after Nikki Sicky left, they got a new singer. And they put out an album called Rocks Your Liver. VA Rocks Your Liver. And then actually, like, in the 90s, they got back together and tried doing, like, a crossover thrash thing. And they put out at least an album or two doing that. But anyway, we're going to play the title track from the album they did uh, with their second singer. So this is VA Rocks, or it's just called Rocks Your Liver. You'll notice it's highly plagiarized. So this is Verbal Abuse, Rocks Your Liver. <laughs> Yeah. 
verbal abuse, Rocks Your Liver from 1986. Um, a first album, just an American band, right? That was the classic first album with that terrible cover with the bad sketch of a face. That was, was from like, the that was from the early eighties, right? That one with Nicky Sicky singing. Oh, that's classic hardcore cover. Yeah. Maybe, oh, it is. Yes, agreed. Agreed. Maybe somewhere between eighty two and eighty four. But that's a that's a great record. I, I like I said, it's a. I have I actually have it on CD with like a bunch of live tracks, and then I have the. Uh, I think I have it on red. Well, let you know what. Let let's, just as an aside, do you like that or do you hate that when they they reissue the album and put a bunch of shit on there that doesn't belong? Well, the vinyl was just the record. Okay. But the CD was had like a full like live set. And so you, I, did you, have you okay, ever listened to that? I did, but I do skip to because the live stuff was pretty rough sounding. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is, I don't mind it so much on CD because it's much. So I listen to CDs in my car mostly, and it's a lot easier to skip tracks and things. But when they do the vinyl, you know, Anthrax is a thrash band that I love from the '80s from New York, um, still around. But they they just reissued one of their classic albums from 1990, and they reissued it as four LPs. What? And and it's got all this, like the, their last one before this, they did as a double LP. So they split the eleven songs or whatever across three sides of an album instead of two. Jesus. And then and then the fourth side had a few bonus tracks. It was cool. It had friggin' in the riggin'. I know you that know that one and a couple. Of, it was Oof. cool. Yeah. Um, but this one they did like four LPs and it's got like um like half finished demos and all this stuff. It's like who's listening to that? Right. Especially exactly when you right, know dude. the album. You want to listen to the album, you want it to flow like the album, you don't want them to screw around with it because when one song ends, you know where the next song is gonna start. And and I'm just like, who is listening to this lyricless drum and guitar demo? And and even if you want it, that's definitely like a CD extra. Who's you don't need that on vinyl, right? That's just a waste. That, no wonder our pressing plants are clogged up. Right, exactly right. Garbage. Stop repressing all these crappy classic rock albums that you can get for two dollars at the Goodwill. Um, so Elvis Costello has just done that with his fourth record, I believe. Um, he's done some crazy. It's called like the the deluxe like box set or something, and it was a regular album when it came out. But somehow this is on four discs. In like a box with like postcards and pictures yep. and books and stuff. It's like two hundred and fifty bucks. It's like, who are you fucking Yikes. kidding? Yes, yeah. I don't know, man. These people have to be dragged back a bit sometimes. I don't know. Oh, um, yeah, I mean, like you said, who wants to who wants to listen to half finished demos? That's why they were never put on the original record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe online or or something like i said but i cut on vinyl man that's just that's just not necessary yeah so the so the the elvis one is uh um armed, armed forces from 1979 i think that was his maybe that was his third album i'm not sure Any hit? Any hit on? that was the one with all of his army on it um yes. but yeah it's it's uh, seriously you it's, it's really like it's like 250 bucks it's crazy what i really know is the first album my name is true that's the first one right um yeah, my aim is true. Was the first one. This year's model is his second one. This year's model is probably the best one because that's with the attractions and that's got like pump it up and I don't want to go to Chelsea and stuff like that. So those two are those first two are classic. This third one that they've done in this big box set is just kind of eh, it's all right. There's some good songs on it, but there's some filler. So how they've managed to transform this into like a four disc box set, I have no idea. So there mm. you go. Well, we won't be finding out because I'm not spending two hundred fifty bucks. <laughs> 
I, I don't think I'd spend 250 bucks to have Elvis Casella come and play a set in my house. Anyway. <laughs> unless, you, unless you're having a hard time falling asleep these days. Unless then... I could brutally abuse him. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, All right. Yeah. Let's call it a day. Let's call it a day. It's, it's been a pleasure day. as usual, Neil. Yes, sir. Yes, yeah, so uh, don't plan on breaking up anytime every- soon, buddy. Yeah, thanks, thanks everybody for listening. Hey, I, I was going to say, I still have some stickers. So if anybody wants some more stickers or wants some stickers, hit me up or send us an email at punktolidice77 at gmail or, uh, of course, send us a send me a send us a private private Facebook message. Mike the Mailman, I keep forgetting to send yours out. You got some more stickers coming, buddy. So anyway, thanks yeah, everybody and, for Yeah, and the- email us too and tell us what you think of like bands that reform without the original members and shit like that. Or just tell us funny stories. I don't know. Whatever you want. Whatever entertain you want us. to talk about entertain it. Entertain us. us. For once. Yes, entertain, entertain us, you bastards. What you do is entertain us. Nah, anyway. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll yep. talk to you again soon. Yep, yep. Uh, stay free and keep a little marking your heart. Yep. Bye. See you. Up.